0: Thanks for tuning in to the audio edition of our Sunday sermons. For more information about Cornerstone, visit CornerstoneRome.com. Welcome to Cornerstone. I am Stephen Cornelius Peter Daniel. I get the privilege to break down a villain for you guys. But before I break down a villain, I thought I would share, give you guys a little insight. A lot of you guys may have known this about me, but I actually was the angel baby in my family. Out of six, I know some of you guys are like, yeah, right, whatever, I'm telling you the truth. Out of six, I was an angel baby. I never got in trouble. But <laughs> there was this one time, and some of my students may have heard the story, and I may have shared it here. One time I did get a whooping. I was, I believe I was in first grade. I don't remember things very well. Um, but I, I felt like I, I was going to the bathroom, and I, I felt like a song came to my head, like, Bad to the bone, you know what I'm saying? Walked in the bathroom, popped my collar, bad, bad, I felt the spirit come on me, right, as I go into the bathroom, and I'm in the bathroom, and I look over and see older kids peeing on the wall, and my badness kicked right in, right, nobody going to be able to tell me nothing, and I go ahead, assume the position, and pee all over the wall, first grade, oh yeah, I was bad, I was a bad boy. Come to find out a little bit later, um, some of the older kids told on me. And um, I had a come-to-Jesus meeting with my mom. Uh, she beat me. You know, some of you guys say beat you till you black and blue. Well, I'm black, so it was, you know, it was a little bit different for me. You know? But she just kind of like just beat me till I was blue, I guess. And I remember that day, like, I felt like that was one of the stupidest things i would ever done in my life. But... I'm going to tell you, because my mom was able to beat my butt that day, I now have a holy fear of the Lord. I now know if I see somebody outside peeing on the wall, I'm calling the police. Uh-uh, this is illegal. My is coming to whoop this guy's butt. You can't be peeing on any wall. You get what I'm saying? You don't, there's reserved spots to pee. I'm joking. But you get my, thr- my drift. Doing this situation, I know what's right and wrong. But there's other situations that, I, that went unchecked in my life. There's other situations in my life that went unchecked by my parents, that it, it gave me the, okay, it must be okay. I'm a, I'll am give you an example, just because I like to be honest. My parents didn't care what I watched. So I watched all the filth you can imagine growing up. They beat my butt for peeing on the wall, but then they let me watch whatever I want. Go figure. Good job, mom, if you're watching. <laughs> Don't worry about it. Um, because... They allow me to watch those things. I never felt like I could ever check anyone else on what they watched. You know? It's that weird twist. Whereas if you get checked on something, you're like, okay, I'm living my life right in this area. But if I'm not living my right life right in this area, how dare I check someone else in this area? It's kind of like that hypocritical. I was going to say Hippocratic, Oh, that's probably not what it is, is it? It's that hypocrisy. Hippoc- Don't worry about it hypocrisy. I knew it was some Hypocrisy. There you go. <laughs> it's that fear of being hypocritical. And today I want to share a story with you guys of a villain that I believe, if we're, if we're honest, if we take a deep look at his life, his father really failed him. So here's a little background. Um, I first wanted to show you a picture because I felt like when I was thinking about this guy, this is what picture came to mind. Some of you guys may know who Fabio is. But this is, this is what I consider Absalom looking like. This is what I'm talking about, Absalom. That picture right there, he had long flowing hair. He was good looking. Some of you guys, younger guys, like who was Fabio? The older ladies know what I'm talking about right now. <laughs> Can I get an amen? amen? See, y'all know what I'm talking about, right? Fabio was a thing back in the day. But Absalom, Absalom was David's third son, right? He was born to him in Hebron, uh, and he was his third son. Absalom's actual name signifies the peace of his father, which is ironic. Absalom was good looking. I love this verse in 2 Samuel 14, 25 and 26. This is the NLT. It says this. Now, Absalom was praised as the most handsome man in all of Israel. He was flawless from head to toe. Kind of remind me of myself. I'm not even going to lie. Right here, head to toe. Take a good look, ladies. You see? Take a good look. He cut his hair only once a year, and then only because it was so heavy. When he weighed it, when he weighed it, it came out to be 5 pounds. He was goodness gracious, I was a I don't know what's up with all that hair, but Jesus. He was also charismatic. People loved Asalon. Right? So he was good-looking, he was charismatic, his name signifies the peace of his father, and he was David's third son. What could go wrong? If you don't know who David is, David was the king. He was actually the king after God's own heart. David was an amazing man of God. He was a great warrior. He was a manly man, wasn't he? A great warrior. He wasn't as tall. He's probably Pastor Jody's height. But I'm not going to say that on mic. You didn't hear that. <laughs> but he was good looking like Pastor Jody. He was good looking like Pastor Jody. And David, he was a man after God's own heart. He was able to take down Goliath, this big old giant. And he was able to accomplish great things for the Lord. And then he had children. And I want to say there's something that happened from him to his children. Because we pick up Absalom's story. We see some of the things that he did that make him a villain. One of the things he did was he killed his brother. Now, I get it. I got five brothers. <laughs> I'm not even going to lie. Sometimes you just want to go, eh, 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 you know, <laughs> my tummy gun won't. You know, just take them out. Hire somebody. Hey, you want to you know, just get rid of them real quick and be cool. You know, you have siblings, you know what I'm talking about. But he killed his brother, which was a severe thing in itself. It says this. It says that in 2 Samuel 13:28 it says this. Absalom told his men, wait until Ammon, 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 Ammon gets drunk. Then I'll give you a signal. Kill him. Don't be afraid. I'm the one who has given you the command. Take courage and do it. So Absalom, at Absalom's signal, they murdered his brother. They murder his brother. Maybe you want to know what happened. Maybe they just got in a, a little quarrel. They got a little argument. Well, there's more to the story. Comes to find out that Absalom's—I mean that Ammon raped Absalom's sister, his own half sister. Ammon happens to be—I'm saying the wrong. I'm just gonna say A. A happened to be the oldest brother, the oldest son of David. And it go, as you read on, you'll find out that it went within two years, sorry, two years afterwards, still nothing happened to Ammon. I'll get into that later. So two years passed before Absalom ever took vengeance. He was obviously upset, obviously furious. Can you imagine? You know the, you know the laws. If somebody raped someone back in those days, you take them and kill them. Nothing happened. David said, you know what? It's all good. David had some things he was dealing with. So Ammon died. A died. Another thing happened. As a bad guy, he stole the heart of Israelites. It says this in 15, 5 through 6. When, tre- uh, when people tried to bow down before him, Absalom wouldn't let them, let them. Instead, he would take them by the hand and kiss them. Absalom did this for everyone who came to the king for judgment, and he stole the hearts of all the people little background so we understand what's going on. After he killed his brother, he was uh, cast out, if you will. Cast out. He was on the run. He wasn't really cast out. He was on the run. And then after a period of time, he was talking to J- uh, David's right-hand man and begged him to make a way for somehow so he can come back. So David brought him back. And then da- he begged his right-hand man again, hey, bring me. So let me visit my dad because I haven't seen him so long. He was very charism- charismatic, remember? I miss my dad so much. So his dad brought him back. And then he was able to go in front of everybody on a daily basis. He hired a chariot. He hired horses. And he hired 50 men to march in front of him, kind of like a a, a prince would, as if he was about to be a king and all that good stuff. And every day he'll go before the the gates, um, Jerusalem gates, and he will meet everybody that comes. And he will kind of con them. Say, oh, let me hear your case. Uh, It's too bad there's no one here to hear your case. You know, I wish if only I was a judge, if only I was in charge. I would hear your case and give you a good ruling. And in that way, people fell in love with him. They was like, oh my goodness, yes, you're amazing. You're handsome. Look at your hair. Oh, I love it. I don't know why I did that. I really don't. But in this way, he won the heart of people. He really stole people's heart. Where everybody in the kingdom was falling left, head over heels in love with him. It was crazy. But he did worse. He set himself as, up as a king. At one point in the story, he went to his home country. He conned everybody. He conned a lot of people. That's what he was good for. And he told him, come, come here with us. We're going to do all these good things, what they did to set up a king. And then he announced that he was going to be king. He sent out messages that he's going to be king and incited a rebellion against every, uh, against David. And everybody crowned him king. Then they went marching back as he was the king back to the, uh, to Jerusalem as the king of Israel. So much so that David heard the news and he fleed. He left town. said, I don't want anything to do with this. If I stay here, you guys are going to die. I'm going to die. The people left here are going to die. If I leave, it will be better off. So he fleed the country. Absalom set up his kingdom. He was a king, self-appointed king of Israel. If that wasn't worse enough, he also slept with his dad's concubines. When David fleed, I got scripture references if you want to see them. I just don't feel like reading through them. But just being real, I'm like, right here, second. Yeah, well, you see them. You read through your Bible. It's somewhere in there. <laughs> David was fleeing. He said, I'm going to leave 10 concubines to take care of the palace. When he does, Absalom gets to the palace. He sought out advisors. Advisors said, You know what you want to do? You really want to make your, your, king, I mean, your, your father angry? Go sleep with his concubines. And matter of fact, he did so. He put a tent up on the roof. So everybody can see him defile his father's concubines. He was was nasty. And then he also, finally, he also set out to kill his dad. Again, I get it. Sometimes you want to kill your parents. Some of the teenagers say, amen. Don't you do that. Y'all better be quiet. Your parents are here. But he set out to kill his dad. He sought advice. They got the whole army of Israel. They went after his dad. I think those merits alone makes him a bad guy. And I think if we look at his life, we'll see that there's a couple things messed up here. One thing for sure is that Absalom didn't get it. Yes, he was right in being angry with his brother. Yes, he was absolutely right that his brother should not have raped his sister. And I would even say, hey, as a time to kill, he his brother... Uh, it says, I hope they burn in hell. His brother deserves to burn in hell. You know, that's how, you know what I'm talking about, the whole movie. But he killed his brother. So that was wrong. And whenever David did wrong in the past, if you know his story, he always quickly repented to God. He immediately sought God's face, bowed his knees low and said, God, I'm sorry. Absalom didn't get that part. He did one thing after another and no one checked him. So Absalom's biggest failure was he never once repented to God. He never once said, God, I'm sorry for my wrong. And if you know anything, when you give a foothold to the devil, devil comes in, he kicks the door wide open, and he takes control of your life. He comes in as a baby, but infancy is a full grown adult. So when you allow the enemy to take control of your life, whether you think it's just in a small area, as in getting angry, he's going to kick that door wide open. His first mistake was getting angry. Yes, he is right to get angry. But at point, at some point, you need to ask God to forgive you. I'm going to pause because I'm, I want to ask you guys, are any of you guys angry with your siblings today? If you take a gut, a gut check, are you angry with your siblings? You're angry with your boss. You're angry with your neighbor. You're angry with your friends. Do you understand? That's the first step. That's the first foothold the devil needs to come in your life to cause destructions. That was Absalom's biggest mistake. But that's not it. This message is really not geared towards Absalom because you can check that. We get that. We come to church and we, we understand that we need to check ourselves. This, this message is geared towards those that are in authority, those that are parents, those that are leaders in the community, those that own a job that have employees, those when, those that are big brothers or big sisters, those that are in authority, this message is for you. Because I'm here to tell you, that there's three main things that we get from Absalom life that I don't think we realize it. That as adults, that as a leader, that as a parent, we need to realize. I want to say, number one is, I'm, I'm flying through these things. Let me go over here. One of the biggest mistakes was David didn't get over himself. You need to get over yourself. The history is David has slept with Bathsheba which was, in a way, rape. Bathsheba was married to another man. And so while this man was at war, David called her in. He saw from the roof. He was like, man, that's fine. Like fine wine. I need to go get me some of that. I'm just saying. He called her in. He slept with her. And then he found out she was pregnant. So then he tried to figure out a way to make it seem like the the father was the actual father and not him. Didn't turn out good for him. So he ordered the man to go to the front line to be murdered. So in essence, David raped and killed someone. And because of those failures in David's life, he wasn't able to check his sons on their failures. That's why Big A went unchecked after he raped his brother. That's why Big A, after, I mean, raping his sister, I I was like, that's a little bit, that's a different message. (laughs) I let Pastor Jody deal with that one. (laughs) (laughs) People <laughs> <laughs> Woo! let me drink some water. That just got weird. <laughs> okay. David didn't get over himself. And when he when he allowed himself to get so caught up in his own sin, a couple of things happened in him. He no longer was able to keep anyone accountable for their actions. As I refer back to my story, because no one checked him, he didn't check anyone else. He knew the right response because he immediately repented. We don't understand that about David, but he didn't check his kids. You guys know what I'm talking about. When somebody, when, let's give you an example. When your kids come around, my wife messes with me all the time because I use words that are, are more ghetto than she likes. Um, I was was raised where my parents, my dad went around flipping people the banana, but without the pills. You get what I'm saying? (laughs) (laughs) Being being honest. I was raised in a household where we dropped, I mean, I'm going to be, listen, I'm I'm filled with a mixed crowd, so I'm not going to say the word, but I was raised in a crowd where the N word was nothing. My wife can't stand that word. And so if my kids say it, and I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. Come on, baby. She's like, no, it is a big deal. Understand, because I I was allowed to get away with it. I'm like, it's not that big of a deal. You know, it, who are they hurting? You got to understand the ramifications of everything we do, because every every decision we make matters. So because I wasn't checked on that, or because I wasn't checked on giving people the bird, I'm like, oh, that's not that big of a deal. It's okay. You want to cuss them out? It's okay. You can ask God forgive you later. It'd be all good, right? That's not good for a child to learn. I'm not teaching your kids this, by the way. This is not what I'm teaching youth (laughs) or the children's ministry. (laughs) Just want to make sure, let you guys know that. (laughs) Pastor Jody, he he screens everything I do. (laughs) He doesn't. I'm lying. (laughs) But because David didn't get over himself, because David allowed himself to wallow in his own things, and he probably even thought they are this way because I did those things, that generational curse. You blame yourself for your kids being the way they are. Some of you guys blame yourself so much that you don't even do anything with your kids. Your kids have a fit. They have a temper tantrum on the floor. You're like, oh, I was just that way. I don't know what to do with them. It it, it renders you useless. I have been places. I have been here at church. And I find... I'm a. (laughs) Sorry. I have been here at church, and I love this. Because we talk about disciplining our kids. And her name is Misty, right? She's sitting right over there, <laughs> right next to Jason. <laughs> we always talk about we always talk about disciplined kids. You know, you know, if you know Misty, Misty is oh she's a full of talk. She's full of oh my kids better not act like this. Blah blah blah. She's full of talk. One Mother's Day, you understand? Misty has like seventeen kids, so one <laughs> one Mother's Day, her youngest son. He just wouldn't go to class. And I'm telling you guys, I'm sitting in the hallway and I am dying laughing. Funniest thing you ever see, because she threatened this child. And this is big, bad Misty. She threatened this boy about seven times. Right. So here, get get a full layout. She tells him you either go in this class or I'm taking you to, to Poppy. And so she walks out the door. And she comes right back in, gives him the same threat. I'm not even joking this time. You go in this class or you go in a poppy. This happened, I, I promise you God, it happened about five times. She went out that door, came back in. She probably walked like 50 steps, just 1,500 steps, just right there, just going back and forth. And finally, I don't even know if you put him in the class. I just know I was crying laughing by the end because I'm like, if this ain't what we do all the time. And I don't know what it is. Maybe Miss Fonda didn't whoop her butt enough. Uh, maybe, maybe she got away with it. Maybe it was it was by, this is her last son, and she's like, you know what, I've done it too much. I'm not dealing with it. It could totally be that. But nonetheless, I do find it interesting in a humorous way that we do the same thing in our own lives. And this is just not for parents, though. Bosses do the same thing. Bosses do the same thing. You get frustrated at your staff, and you don't check them because you did something similar way in the past. I had a boss in Maryland who was a great boss, but he was to—he was allowed to get away with hell. With hell, that's probably the wrong word. He was allowed to get away with everything at his job. He didn't have to show up when he didn't want to show up. He, he came and gone. He didn't have to turn and report. So at some point, because his boss wasn't checking him, he stopped checking me. I mean, it was hands-off. Like, I'm, I could do no wrong. I'm I could have killed the kid, and he wouldn't even care. Y'all, y'all I'm, I'm joking. I didn't kill any kids, though. So I'm just saying. Because the way he was being managed, he, went, he managed me that way. Complete hands-off. I never had a performance review. Never once had a performance evaluation. Never once was asked to show up at a certain time. It was more, hey, Stephen, whenever you feel like coming in, Go ahead. Sorry, Pastor Peter, you're reaping the harvest of that right now. Sorry, I'm, I'm working on that. <laughs> understand it. Places of authority. Your young people need you. You understand? Our kids are acting up right now because older adults who have been there, who have experienced that life, are not saying nothing right now. Because we say, um, I can't really say anything because I was like that. I lived through the 70s, man. You know what I'm talking about, man? Y'all, y'all act like y'all know what I'm talking about. I'm talking about smoking, whatever. I'm not going to get there. Y'all know what I'm talking about. How you grew up. I think about how I grew up. I didn't have a curfew. I could do whatever I want in my household. I was more responsible. But I had girlfriends come out of the house, in the house whenever we wanted. Friends do whatever they wanted. It was, If people wanted to drink and smoke, they could do whatever they wanted. My house was a little bit more free. I find it difficult right now to check my kids because of that. That don't mean I'm not beating my kids. I just want to make sure you understand that. I whoop my kids' butts. I am an avid whooper. I I whoop booties. But the point is, you can sometimes find it difficult to check people because you yourself was never checked in those areas. Or maybe you stumbled with it in the past, and now you're having a difficult time talking to somebody who's stumbling in the same area. God's saying to you right now, get over it. You ask me forgiveness, so move on. Because somebody come behind you dealing with something you dealt with and they need to understand your experiences. They need to be checked on and they need to be held accountable to understand that we're not going to do that. Not here. Not ever. Not in this house. Not in this job. Not in this relationship. Not with my friends. That's not how we do things. You got to learn to get over it. Second thing I feel like David did wrong And I'm sorry I'm not digging into the Bible, but understand, this is a conversation. If you want to know more about the Bible, get the Bible. I'll just point that out. Sorry, I'm joking. Stop. Number two is, I want you to stop looking away. Because understand what David did. His son raped his daughter, and he looked away. His other son killed his son, and he looked away. Stop looking away. You're seeing it for a reason. God is nudging your heart for a reason because he, he puts you in that person's life. So stop turning your head to injustice. And again, this is not just for parents. This for people who work in a community, people who are surrounded by other people who see injustice happening. And you're turning your head thinking that somebody else is going to fix it. I'm not this. We're not going with social issues. We're not dealing with those things. I'm just telling you what God is saying, and I feel like I'm communicating. Yeah. Stop looking your way. Stop turning your head, especially if it's your kids. We all been in a shopping center, and we heard those kids screaming, and parents just pretend like that kid doesn't exist. The rest of us see him. The rest of us hear this kid. Let's, sometimes it's going to be embarrassing. My kids did it. All it took was one time. My, my daughter, it was first her. She's nine, Ella. She boo hooed, screamed, got on the floor, snatched her little tail right on up on my shoulders, walked off the store. I didn't care what I had in my buggy. We was gonna shop in another day. Today she was dying. You understand? <laughs> As my mama say, you want to act a fool? I'ma show you how a fool act. You get what I'm saying? Oh, she was getting beat that day. That, Ella found out quickly. You don't act like that in, in the store with daddy. Some people may allow it. I'm not going to say my wife whose birthday is today. Because she's not here, I'm not going to pick on her. But with me, you don't act this way. Stevie, oh, I love my son. Monkey man and all get out. He took off running one day in the parking lot. Little guy. And luckily, as we were coming, there was no car coming. But I'm telling you, if you ever seen Bart Simpson and, and his dad choke him, <laughs> it was one of like. I just happened to grab him. It happened to be around the neck. I, I didn't cause any pain. He's still alive. But then I wore his butt out too. Why? Because I saw it. What if I turned my head that time and said, oh, I'll pretend like my son's not running around. He could have easily died. Understand, you are causing more harm than you are good. By turning your head to injustice, by turning your head to disobedience, by turning your head to I don't know some other things because I don't know big words, but to the other big words, you, you are allowing it to happen. And I know God's word says something serious about this. I just can't remember what it says, but I know it says something serious. You check it in yourself. Stop turning your head. Again, because you have two eyes for a reason. God gave you those two eyes, or maybe one good eye. I don't know what it is. Maybe you have a laser. No. Whatever eye you have, use that eye. God put those people in your life to look after them. That's right. If you're a grandparent, I had a conversation with a grandmother the other day, and she was worrying about her grandbabies. None of the, the grandparents are in here, so just FYI for those of you who are worrying about you over there. But they were generally worrying about their grandbabies because their grandbabies don't listen to anybody. She said, I, I can't do anything with my, gra- my grandson. He's just wild. He don't listen to nobody. Nobody can tell him anything. So we just stopped telling him stuff. And I, just, I wanted to ask her a simple question. Do you want him to die or do you want him to end up in jail? Because if you want those two things, turn the other way and look away. If you're okay with your son or daughter, your employee ended up in jail. If you're okay with your son and daughter... Your best friend dying tomorrow, turn and look the other way. I say it's okay then. Look the other way. It won't bother you none anyway. People die all the time, people. Come on. I mean, I'm, I've been at many funerals. Right, Pastor Jody? He, he's doing something else. He do not want to look at me. <laughs> people die all the time. It's okay. You want to look the other way? So what? If you're okay with our America, our America, America ended up in a hell in a handbasket. Look away. If you're okay with other people being abused, mistreated, look away. If you are okay with the bad stuff that is going on in this earth today, continue to look away. You'll be fine. You're going to heaven, right? It's all good. No big deal. You'll be fine. They won't come bothering you. And that's a lie. Because if you don't know anything, I've had crackheads in my family. And when you look away at crackheads, they're stealing stuff right in your bedroom. That's like, everybody likes to do I laugh at that. You can laugh at that. It's okay. It's fine. The injustice will one day end up at your doorpost, at your door. I'm reminded of a movie with Mel Gibson, The Patriot. When he didn't want to do anything or with Mel Gibson as um, Braveheart when he he kept looking away, but eventually ended up at his doorstop. Eventually, it's going to show up. Eventually, you're going to be asked to respond. You're going to be asked to react. David looked away. And if you read further along in David's life, he finally had to do something. Before he died. When his son Solomon was supposed to be crowned king, after his other son decided to be make himself king as well. David finally had said, no, I have to stop this because God has an anointed one that he wants to be king. And this is what I need to do. Eventually, you're going to have to do something. So stop looking away. Last point. Oh, you're making great timing. I can just stand up here and talk about I want now. Let me tell you a story about Jesus. I think this is a good one. Act like you're in charge. Act like you're in charge. As you would tell a boy, be a man. Grow some hair on your chest. We say other things too. <laughs> I got problems. Jesus is working on me. Thank you. I think one thing David never once did was act like he was the king. He was placed in authority over this entire land. And during this time with his own sons, he never acted like a king. He never acted like their dad. I want to make sure you understand this because I want to read this. It says this about David in 1 Kings 1-6 about his younger son. It says, not his father, King David. And never disciplined him at any time, even by asking, why are you doing that? This was talking about David's younger son. Never once even asked him, why are you doing that? Can you imagine having kids in your house? Like, when my son was jumping off a couch and he busted his head open because he's a monkey, like seriously. And we had to rush him to the office. My first question is, what were you thinking? Did you think that was going to end well? Oh, I, better yet question. We were, these are, we were on a missions trip. We're on a missions trip. And we have, our students are looking out for each other. And we're in a, we're in a store. And while we're in a store, one of our students look at the other students and say, what are you thinking? I don't think that's going to go well for you, Tristan. Because Tristan had a bottle on his head. Uh, You you can't say anything. He had a can on his head. And then he decided, again, he was like, you know what? He had a process. Tristan had a process. He thought about it. He was like, you know what? This isn't a good idea. So he tipped his head to try to catch it. And when it fell, it landed on the ground, splattered all up Mr. Jason's back, shorts, pants, and everything. All over the floor. And we just said, Tristan, we love this guy. Tristan. Dean said, we blame his mom. We know to blame for that one. <laughs> David never once said, what are you thinking? What are you doing? Have you asked your kids that? You don't have to give them the answers. I think a lot of times as adults, we try to give our kids as they get older the answers. Sometimes you need to simply just sit them down and say, what was going through your brain right then? You know, when your son's flying and he gets in an accident because he was trying to impress some girl, just sit him down. What was going through your brain right then? When your daughter is getting sassy in class with some teacher because she got in an argument with some of her friends, just sit her down. What was going through your brain right then? When your employee comes in repeatedly late. Sorry, Pastor Peter. When your employee... Comes in repeatedly late, send them to your office and just ask them, what are you thinking? When you have a friend and they come out of the side of their mouth, make a comment that really hurts your feelings, just ask them, what are they thinking? Let's stop assuming. Let's start keeping people accountable and let them give you the answers. Because I can guarantee you that son, he probably wasn't thinking, first of all. Boys do not think. We see girl, we drive fast, things happen. <laughs> you don't know the equation, that's what happens. We see girl, we jump off a building, things happen. That's a, you want to know what goes through a boy's mind? He see girl, something dared or something's there as an obstacle, he does something. And the result is he's going to hurt, break, or bruise something. Something's going to get crashed, it's going to cost you a lot of money in the end. There you go. I just cracked open a boy. That's what happened with boys. Girls, that's a whole nother I ain't got time to go into all that. Jesus. What are they thinking? I don't know if you got you need like a whole week. What are you thinking? Well, first of all, I was thinking about this and then this and then it's, and that's that's oh. That wasn't the answer I was looking for. Goodness gracious. We ain't got that much time in the world. Woo. 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 What were you thinking? Okay. But act like you're in charge. I feel like if David only checked his very first son, if he had just took the initiative and saying, Big A, that's not okay. I don't know, I don't know how to say his name, so I don't want to mess it up. Big A, that's not okay. And you know, what for this, I'm going to throw you out of the kingdom. I think everything else would fell in line because it's something to be said if you know anything how when you check one as the leader everyone else falls in line it's like facing a bully you know a bully comes in he picks with everybody but once you clock that bully one good time all the rest of his subjects fall right in line you don't believe me like i was again i'm big and strong i wasn't a bully. But all you got to do is clock a bully one good time. All you got to do is check your child one good time. You give them that one good butt whooping that they remember. Like, I want to encourage you parents. Listen, my parents, you like, I don't have a belt. You know what? There's so many other things you can use. Let me just say that from right here. You can use an extension cord. You can use a a pots and pans, a pot. You can use a fire uh, extinguisher. You can use a clothes hanger. Listen, my mama had my little brother go outside and take a branch off a tree as they walk back in. You, listen, if I'm telling you, I'm not even lying. You Listen, if you got an inner tube tire, you know, back when you are pulling tire, you got that just laying around the house, just whoop them with, the, with it. Whatever you find laying around the house, whatever's close to you. You got a shoe, pull it off. I want to encourage you to beat them. That's okay. Beat your kids. But here's why. Here's why. Because there's some seriousness to this. Here's why. And make sure I say this correctly. It says this in Proverbs 19, 18. Discipline your child while there is hope. Otherwise, you will ruin their life. There's a window. There's a window you guys have for your kids. And the reason we're losing it is because we didn't do anything during that window. Your kids are not young all the time. All the time. You're not, they're not going to be young forever. My baby girl, who I held in my arms, it felt like yesterday, is nine years old. I know that doesn't seem old to you guys, but that's old to me. I can't even pick her up out of the car now. She's too big. She's almost bigger than my wife. My wife's a midget, though. (laughs) But no, don't tell her that. Your kids are only young so long. Don't miss that window. It also says this, Proverbs 29, 15. To discipline a child produces wisdom, but a mother is disgraced by an undisciplined child. And I like this. I'm going to say this last verse to you guys in Hebrews 12, 6. Because it's also interesting that the Lord disciplines those he loves. And he punishes, he punishes each one he accepts as his child. Don't think that you're disciplining your child because you don't love them. If the Lord disciplines us because he loves us, you discipline your child because you love them. Don't be afraid. Understand, when I was going to whoop Stevie's butt the last time, like I, like, I think I should record what I do because this is amazing. Like the best time in the world. I sit him down, I look him in the eye and say, listen, I love you. And this is going to hurt me more than it hurts you. you know, I'm lying because it doesn't hurt me at all. But. <laughs> and what I really do is that's the gold of this whole thing is I do ask him that question. Stevie, what were you thinking? I'm your dad. I love you. There's nothing you're going to do that's going to change the fact that I love you. But what were you thinking? And after he tells me what he was thinking, I'm going to help them through that process. Because you were thinking that, this is the result that's going to happen. I'm going to beat your butt. <laughs> and you're going to cry a lot. Your butt's going to be a little sore. But you're going to be okay. Your kid's going to be okay. Your kids have pushing back there, cushion back there. God gave you that cushion so you can beat it. The Lord loves us. So if, if you love your children, discipline them. And I just want to make sure you understand. You're in charge, but discipline doesn't have to be always whooping. I I'm, I understand that. I'm old school, so I always revert back to discipline. My wife's a little bit more new school, so she likes to talk to them. Some Sometimes that works. <laughs> Other times I get to show up. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> you know <what> I'm saying? <laughs> whichever works in your household, but by dear God, please be in charge of your household. Because when they show up in youth ministry and you're having a headache and you're saying, Pastor Steven, fix it. I'm going to be like, it's your fault. <laughs> you did this. Like Frankenstein, I've created a monster. (laughs) You created that monster. So don't try to ask us to come fix your child. It's your child. I hope you guys get whooped today. (laughs) Matt got me. He's going to beat Asher. You're going to get whooped no matter what. You got it. A preemptive whooping. So let's just, let's, let's close this up. Let's make sure we're all on the same page. <laughs> Understand this. Absalom, he made some poor choices, but the even poorer choices was based on his dad because his dad didn't get over himself, because his dad decided to look away, and because his dad didn't act like he was in charge. I'm going to call the worship team up now. Maybe you're here today and you're like, you know what? I've been dealing with similar things like that. Cuz I have felt like a hypocrite to check my child on this issue. Well, God is going to tell you, you need to get over yourself. Right now, first of all, you need to repent of your sin. Stop doing it. The reason David felt so much guilt, so he felt like he was locked in chains, like he couldn't do anything is cuz He had that sin. And that's what sin wants to do. Sin wants to whisper in your ear that you can't do anything, that you're worthless. Who do you check on anyone else when you have already done those things? So stop sinning. And once you stop sinning, ask God to forgive you and move on, because God will give you the ability to move on. His grace is sufficient. His grace is new every morning. So when you get up, you new in charge, stop worrying about the past. You can't fix the past. Y'all know Lion King, when he smacked him in the face, haha, the past is in, is in the past. You can't do anything. You can learn from the past, you can move on, and you can fix it right now. So number one, get over it. Number two, stop looking away. Dear God, stop looking away. I am so sick of tired going into to grocery stores and want to snatch somebody else's kid up. I think next time I am. I will snatch your kid up if I see him. Just want to say that in a God-loving way. Right? Amen. Amen. Stop looking away. And most importantly, learn from David's life. Act like you're in charge. If you're a man, be a man. Come on. I don't even have a manly voice and I know how to be a man. Be a man. If you're a woman, be a woman. I know I'm afraid of my wife in my house. I don't know about anybody else. But when you you are a God-fearing woman... People are naturally afraid of you. People are naturally afraid of Miss Nicole. <laughs> Did that for you. So maybe you're here today. And you're like, I just need God's help with this. Whether you're an employer and you just feel like you can't do anything. Maybe you're a parent and you see something that you want to change. Maybe you're a student and you have a good friend that you're like, they've been acting this way and I have been just wanting to tell them something. God can help you with that. So, why don't you guys do me a favor. Go ahead, bow your head, close your eyes. If you're here today, maybe there's something in here that you're like, God, I need your help with. Maybe it's you don't want to turn away anymore. You want to act like you're in charge. Or you want to get over it. I want you to just, you can shoot your hand up and you can put it back down. That would be great. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. I see those hands. Thank you so much. That's amazing. I appreciate that.
1: And also, we want to make
0: sure that we give this invitation. All this came from God. I'm crazy because God made me this way. You are the way you are because God made you that way. And he loved you so much that even in the midst of your filth, he sent his son to die for you. His son's name was Jesus. And I believe his word. Because when Jesus was here, he had a group of guys, which was his best friend's, and he told these guys, hey, they're going to kill me, but don't worry. Three days later, I'm going to, ride up. I'm going to rise again. His, his friends didn't believe him until three days later when he died and he rose again and he showed up. And then they wrote about it. It was like, he wasn't lying. And the Bible tells us that if we believe in our heart that Jesus is who he says he is and we confess with our mouth, we too can be saved. So if you're here today and you want to ask Jesus to be your Lord and Savior, you can shoot your hand up or you want to rededicate your life, you can shoot your hand up as well. Amazing. Thank you so much. Amazing. So I'm going to close this in prayer. And then after we pray, um, Pastor Jody and the team will come up and then when they close out, they'll give you guys special instructions. ...on what to do, the host pastor. So let's pray. Father, I just thank you right now. I thank you, Lord, for the opportunity to share your message with your people. I pray, Lord God, for those people that rose their hand... ...for anything that touched them in the message that they want to help with. I thank you, Lord, that you help us. You direct our steps. You'll put people in our life to help us. You'll give us the courage and the boldness to walk in authority. Give us the wisdom on what to say and when to say it. And most importantly... You'll help us to get over our hurt habits and hiccups so that we can live this life fully for you. I also thank you, Lord, for those that raise their hand to be saved or rededicate a life. Thank you for them. Thank you, Lord, that you are doing the work in their lives, that this is just the beginning of your amazing call on their life. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. We hope you were blessed by today's message. If so, feel free to pay it forward and share this podcast with someone else. Thanks for listening.